0: Make you feel weird that we're actually doing this in a uh, hotel room? No, not at all. Doesn't matter.
1: (laughs) I've done it on an oyster boat, so it gets doesn't get. You've done a
0: podcast on an oyster boat. It was
1: video, but yeah, Yeah. like like we did that. We did. We shot a thing called "We'll Work for We'll Work for Food." We did a big interview, like in a fucking storm on a boat, because of course, like no one would fucking go out that day. (laughs) But we had to shoot the film, and that was the only day the crew was there. So we're like fucking freezing ass cold, getting wet.
0: See you, have, see you have a story for everything, and that, my friends, is why I'm excited to introduce our next guest on The Next 90 with Nick. I am your host, Nick, and this is The Next 90 with Nick, the challenge-based living lifestyle podcast that we help you formulaically break your life down 90 days at a time, operating by the code, the core, the keys, and the game to level up your life in a way you never thought possible. As you can tell, I have a guest in my studio. His voice is as deep as his stature and his stories. It's the raging Cajun, Mr. Kevin Walzand.
1: Hey, thanks, Nick. Appreciate it, man.
0: So this has been a long time coming. We've been trying to make this happen for, for a while, but you're so fucking busy uh, that it's been like <laughs> nearly impossible. So I'm glad that our we're able to finally make this, this happen.
1: Dude, I'm super excited. I'm super pumped to be here. I mean, you and I have a lot of history. And yeah, it's, a lot. Uh, it's actually just fun to sit across from you as, like, new men. Yeah. Like, they, like really, we kind of re-meet each other every three to four months. Uh, I mean, now I'm moving to your town, bitch. I mean, you're, you live in my town now, <laughs> like, bitch. Yeah,
0: hey, yeah. see, that's, that's the warrior frame we've right come, there.
1: We've come a long way from, like, really next the shiny OC guy <laughs> that, that triggers the fuck out of me because I'm just a poor Cajun to, <laughs> yeah. uh, hey, man, I'm moving in.
0: <laughs> and, and, you're, and you're beginning to shine. Actually, you're, yeah. you're, 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 like, shimmer and shine now. You're, like, glitter. Stage three glitter fest right now. So Kevin is my brother. He, um, and you know, I, I, I throw that term around brother, Uh, You guys have heard me talk about it. You heard me define it. I mean, when I say brother, I really mean like brother. I have two brothers biologically. I have a handful of like brothers inside this movement called Wake Up Warrior that literally like would go to war for me. And I've I've gone to war with them, for them, next to them. Uh, And Kevin is one of those guys. We started out Kings 22. That was September of... uh, 2015. 2015.
1: Yeah, three years ago. You know, what's crazy is like you talk about your brother. Like, would you, if they were in trouble, get on a plane, right? then and make shit happen and uh you're one of those guys that i would in fact based on your story you're one of those guys i wish i had a couple times
0: (laughs) well i I actually i actually wish i actually wish i would have reached out i wish i had the balls to actually reach out and, and say i was in trouble but you know i mean that's kind of the old me the new me is like hey i i need help i'm drowning you know throw me a fucking life raft where before i was drowning and i would throw life rafts to everybody else
1: so what you're saying is the new you is telling the truth and the old you is a lie because the truth is all of us need that. Like, yeah. we—it's so easy to look at someone who has like if it's addiction or if it's they're overweight and be like, oh well, this person should. Well, fuck you, you should too. Yeah, like we should too, and that—that's just true. Like we all. I'm only just recently. I mean, I've been married now uh, to my wife for seven years. We've been together for nine years. Um, this morning we got sued by my ex-wife to try to keep us from moving, uh, and it's interesting to see like she, seeing her move into action helped me to realize like how much she helps me. Mm-hmm. And, and how often I kind of like, it's not that I'm trying to ignore it, it's just that I'm so busy doing the shit that I do for our family too that All I'm right. like, Man, like I need other people all the time.
0: Well, then we think we can go out this game alone, and that's the power of this brotherhood. Is that we kind of we have each other. We have mirrors. Like we, I can see a mirror and possibility in 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 you, and vice versa. Also, some of the other guys, I can see a mirror of like shit. I don't want to fucking go back there but they can see a mirror of what's possible if they continue to to, to do the work. Uh, so Kevin and I go way back to September of 2015, and like within minutes of meeting... Actually, you came to my office first, right? Yeah, we, yeah. we
1: landed and went to... You and Don Cash, Don like Cash. the Adonis, like the... <laughs> Big body man, and I and I was like so intimidated that Don Cash was gonna outdo me, and then we ran ten yards, and I was like, dude, how are you tired? Don
0: Don Cash, by the way, and I hope you're listening, Don, because we love you, man. I hope your frostbite gets better. He just tried to climb McNally and and he got like frostbite. Well, he did climb it. He He just didn't come back with all of
1: his pieces. I don't think. So
0: uh so this guy Don Cash is he is an Adonis. He's like ripped, like fifty good looking guy ripped. I was like pudgy. I had a I think I had a fucking man bun at the time. Yeah, you definitely Uh, had a man bun. And so I've told you guys about Warrior Week. Warrior Week is like Tony Robbins, Joel Olstein, uh, Fight Club, and the Navy SEALs all got together and said, "Hey, let's take all the best parts of our shit and put it together and make this bastard love a child." So Kevin, Big Kev comes to my office. And by the way, inside of uh, the old regime and Warrior, there was this evolution called called Brodown, and you would you would literally fight each other. And so here comes Kevin. How big are you? Three
1: hundred pounds, six foot four. <laughs>
0: So this guy comes walking into my office, and all I've seen at this point is like a prospectus, and you just see this, this shiny face, he's got this infectious smile, and I'm like, "Oh, this guy seems cool and doesn't really like give the, you know their stature or anything. And then he comes walking and I'm like, "I really hope I don't have to fight this guy." <laughs>
1: Yeah. And Who then, knew that we would fight, and he, I never could fucking hit you.
0: <laughs> yeah, but to your point, Kevin. Kevin's what if Kevin's favorite quote is like, "I could never hit Nick. He was hitting the shit out of me, but it felt like bee stings. <laughs> it they didn't hurt. It
1: was just annoying. I'm like, okay, fine. You've hit me ten times, but <laughs> let me get a good swing. But I never could. I could never find you.
0: <laughs> so within minutes of Warrior Week starting, we're we're planking on on the on the streets pch actually pacific coast highway we're in a plank position kevin and i are it's fucking hotter than the devil's dick out there and i'm thinking why the hell am i here and i i knew i looked over at you and you were going uh oh
1: no see i was like not struggling about why i was there i was like holy fuck i can't hold plank for four seconds (laughs) and this seems like something we're gonna do a lot of Uh, i mean in the first 30 seconds uh garrett white founder of wake up warrior was down in my face saying why don't you explain to your brothers why all week they're gonna do way more shit and suffer because you can't hold plank for ten seconds. Like you fuck you've let your body go to the point that it's hurting everyone around you. And it was just like in about thirty seconds of Warrior Week, I got I got my money's worth. Yeah. Like just that revelation. You left right there. Oh man, I could have I mean, in that, fact I wanted to
0: leave right there. <laughs> <laughs> I would I'd been like, I'm going with you. No, but that's the beauty of Warriors, it, it gives you this insight. So it's like, hey, where else is that showing up? in your life, you know, where else is that showing up, you know, in your business and your bank account and your body and your being and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And like, you came to worry like shit. one thing that I've, I've always respected tremendously about Kevin amongst other things is like, this man is like family fucking first. I mean, like if, if my family is as tight as, as his is when, when my kids become his age, I'll, I'll mission accomplished for me. Um, he is, he is super tight with his family, but like that wasn't always the case. Right. Well, I mean,
1: I left my first wife, and they moved to uh, Austin, Texas, nine hours away. (laughs) And so at that moment, I created a really fucking huge crisis. I was way overconfident. I'm like, yeah, I got this, whatever, I'll fly out. Never even checked the flights to realize there was no direct flight. Uh, And really, literally, the fastest way to get there was the nine-hour drive. Uh, So for, you know, five years, it was 18 hours round trip every other weekend. How many miles is that? I have no fucking idea. A lot. A long, long way. I know every gas station, I know where to stop, I know where what I felt like. You know, I know it's what's crazy. I so wish how many
0: how many years you said?
1: Five years was the eighteen hour round trip, Holy and then shit. the next four years after that was the twelve hour round trip, which seems like really not much in comparison because I just drove from New my house to Houston. Uh where and this they was moved.
0: every other weekend?
1: Every other weekend, yeah, at least. Uh, uh, then holidays to pick him up, shit like that. Uh,
0: tell, if you can, like, I mean, Kevin's one of the great storytellers inside this movement of Wake Up Warrior, and we're going to get to where he is now, which is, a, which is an amazing place where he's always meant to be. But tell, tell the story about the, the pen, like dropping the pen in your, in your home.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, once I signed, uh, I gave my ex-wife the right to move to be close to her family. Was did you
0: think it was never going to happen? Is that why you yeah,
1: did not I, I never considered, like, I just never considered that it would happen. It's certainly not that fast. So, like, 48 hours after I signed the paper, I get home and there's this big moving truck outside of my house. And, like, literally everyone from our church is there, like, helping pack up. And I'm like, what is going on? Like what? And you know, I walk in. They're packing up like the lawnmower, which I'm supposed to take care of the lawn from then on. Like you know, and I'm just like, what?
0: Did Did what? you say that she took everything in the fucking fridge? So too?
1: yeah. So like, like they're packing everything. I'm getting irate. And my my dad comes in and says, hey, there's nothing good for like nothing good is gonna come from you being here. Like why don't you just leave for a couple hours? I'll tell you when it's over, and then you can come home. Because there's just you being here. This is just gonna go bad. So for whatever reason, I had no desire to listen to my father, but I did anyway. When I came home, it was late. It was like nine at night. Uh, he called, or te- I don't remember. I probably called because dad wasn't a big texter. He called and said, "Hey, you know, you can go back." So I go home. Had an ink pen that in my hand for some reason, but I opened the door, and the house is empty, like empty like nothing on the walls no furniture nothing and this and
0: was like your home your this fam- was our your home that we had home. lived in yeah, yeah i mean
1: this was it and i i dropped the pin i was kind of like shocked that everything was gone i dropped the pin and i remember hearing it echo in two different parts of the house like two different directions i could hear it echo and it was kind of in this moment that i realized oh shit like i, I just sent I my kids up. away yeah. like i just sent my kids nine hours like I mean, I was so overconfident, so blind and so drunk on like the whole, everything that was happening. I was, I was telling the truth about the relationship being dead and about having cheated on my first wife and that felt good, but I was so blind to so many details that that brought into my life. And in that moment I realized, damn, like I literally just sent my kids who used to live 12 steps down the hall, nine hours away. She gave away all the food in the fridge, all the food in the freezer. All of the furniture that was mine to keep, they packed it up and moved it to a storage. So the house, I mean, the house was.
0: She wanted empty. to give you like the ultimate fuck you. <laughs> <It> was- <laughs> She's just like, you're done.
1: So it was kind of that. And then at the same time, it was like a huge gift because I got to start completely over. Right. I didn't, ha- there weren't any memories. It was just like, it was like the cl- slate. Was I mean, totally how hard clean. was that
0: knowing that your children were now hundreds and hundreds of miles away from you?
1: It was, this is how hard it was. Like I bought a cat. Like that, this is crazy because I hate cats. I, like saying, I, I fucking hate cats. I was going to say,
0: you don't look like a cat guy no, to me.
1: No, I fucking hate cats. They attack me. Um, but at night I couldn't sleep because there was, it was so
0: Silent. quiet.
1: Yeah. And I had three kids, you know, so it was never fucking quiet. That's like, like, there the, was always something like the
0: silence of your decisions sometimes. Are, yeah. Are, and so are, I literally
1: rescued a cat and I gave it all, had all these toys that made noise all over the house. And at night the cat would play and it, it helped me to sleep because it wow. felt like there was someone else in the house. I, that's fucking, I don't, I guess that, I don't know what that says about me, but it's, I mean, it was devastating. Well, I think
0: maybe it's, I'm just thinking out loud here, maybe it just says like you didn't want to like actually hear the deafening noise of your decisions.
1: For sure. Like it's the same reason people drink, right? right. Like, like like they just want yeah, to <laughs> get it out, just get it out. Like just make that go away. Yeah, just
0: turn off the voices. Yeah, yeah. no, for sure. For so, sure. So, uh, how quickly did you start this drive like to the to, to Texas? Right away,
1: like within the first three weeks. Like at th- that moment How was, long
0: was that first drive? Oh, it had to feel like fucking, for fucking forever. Ever.
1: Yeah. Like it always was long, dude. It never got shorter. Like no? it never got shorter. there's so when I'm in Louisiana, which is where I live, and then she lives in Austin, Texas, right? So I'm in Homa, Louisiana, just about an hour south of New Orleans in the swamp. Um, I never wanted to go. Ever. I always knew I was going to go. I always demanded that my my children will have me in their life, period. So whatever that takes, it's going to happen. So there's never a question I was going. But I want to be really super clear. I never wanted to go. The five minutes before I left, every time was like this agony of, Jesus, are you serious? Like, we're going to do this shit again. <laughs> a lot of times I would leave at 4 p.m. Like, I'd work the whole day. And now I have a nine-hour drive. I mean, it's just crazy. Yeah. But that's how I could get to the kids. So I'd drive all night Friday night. That first hour sucked because I'm leaving now my new wife and uh, and, you know, she was my girlfriend at the time, but I'm leaving the people who love me in Louisiana behind and I'm not even close to the kids. So there's, like, this loneliness. That nine-hour drive was, like, nine hours to really just kind of sit in my pit Mm. and think about what the fuck. Like, that
0: is a nine-hour void, man. Yeah, for sure. You're in the fucking abyss by yourself.
1: What's crazy is that the four-and-a-half-hour mark, there's this little... it's in Beaumont, Texas. It's is it's the the Babe Zaharias Athletic Museum. I'm sure you've never heard of it, but it's oh, the I, I'm halfway actually point. A, uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm a card carrying member. <laughs> she,
1: there's a picture of a lady with a javelin, so I assume she did track and field. I don't know. I never. I stopped one time and it was closed because like shit. I always I see you, this place. You gotta all Get the a time. T-shirt. Whoever the fuck Babe Zaharias is, thank you for being the midpoint between me and my kids. Uh, but it was at that museum in that area. Um. You literally felt, I literally felt, the distance, because I'm now equidistant mm. from my family in Louisiana, No turning the back. kids I'm coming to in Texas, yeah. and so I'm literally alone. I remember uh, one time there's an ice storm, so this nine-hour drive turned into a 19-hour drive, it was Jesus. Like a, <laughs> a massive ordeal. We got you know, snow, like we're iced in, the roads were closed, but I was kind of like, I left so early that they hadn't closed the roads yet. So I was just kind of stuck. I mean, I could either go forward or not, and I knew I knew my kids would be waiting for me. like they knew I would come. It didn't matter what happened. Dad would show up. And But I remember being in the middle of that day. So I'm what used to be four and a half hours. you know, I'm at Babe Zaharias, right? Yep. Like it used to be four and a half hours, but now it's already 12 hours in. Who knows Shit. when I'm going to get there. You felt so fucking alone. because it's like if I, if I had a heart attack right now. Neither my wife and child with her, like our kids in Louisiana, like neither them Damn. nor my kids in Texas would get here before I'm gone. Wow! Like I'm just fucking alone. And so it was, on the one hand, it was negative, but it was kind of positive, too, because it, it gave me this drive to like fix this. And it, it forced me to realize that my family is mine and that I'm in control of what that is and what that means and how does that work. And sure, I'm nine hours away, but guess what? There's all sorts of games you can play. Like Uno, for, for dads who are far from your kids, Uno is a game you can play on the webcam really, really easy. You mm. just need a deck of Uno cards on one side and on the other, and you show the next card. and It's crazy how easy you can play Uno over the webcam.
0: It's amazing how creative you'll get when like your why. He yeah. Is strong enough, right?
1: Yeah, and my ex-wife, I think she threw away like six sets of Uno. Uno was the most disappeared game uh, on the other side. It's like it's hilarious to me, like the shit, the game. But I would just keep sending Uno. I just bring I had I had sets of Uno in the car. Bring it. Uh, Magic the Gathering. There's a really cool thing to talk about. Some men think I'm a cool. Uh, this game, my son, when he was like eleven or twelve, kind of got into. Um, it also plays really well over the webcam, so I got to be like a Magic the Gathering expert at forty years old because I could play with my twelve. Are you year like old a son. level
0: seven wizard. By yeah, now?
1: I mean, I didn't get the actual title, but I'm pretty sure.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 family. I mean, it's not the fucking most ideal situation, by the way. But no, like, no. I mean, like you've got that on lock, right? Yeah, I cheated
1: and, on my first wife, left her, then married the woman that I well, cheated I with. Mean,
0: I mean, it's not like you
1: were the, like the, like uh, we say most <laughs> ideal. but by most ideal, you mean the worst possible situation. <laughs> That you can but, imagine, uh, yes, it's that. But what
0: I'm saying is that you've always been a present father. Oh, and you've yeah. always been a present in the... Like most of the men and some of the men listening right now are so far fucking disconnected from you know, their, their children or they're in a situation where they know the marriage should end and they just holding on for fucking dear life. Cause they think that's what serves the kids, you know? But, yeah, so, th- cause that
1: serves the kids to show them a dysfunctional the relationship, relationship where two people don't love one another. That's good. You're setting them up for, for a fantastic a, relationship yeah, to of, emulate of,
0: of divorce down the road. I, I
1: had the same thing. I can be so fucking snarky about this cause that's exactly what it was. It was 12 years of for the kids, which really did nothing but fuck up the kids. Cause yeah. it taught them this total false narrative. Uh, you know, at one point, though, I will say, um, to your point, my dad was big. I, I had a great father. Lots of guys didn't have great. I had a fucking phenomenal father. I did. I, I grew up with an abusive mom. Uh, my dad really played mother and father to me in a lot of ways. And he was he stepped up to the plate, and he did an incredible job. Like, he was a great man in my life. Uh, at one point, after this all happened, I was really... Torn up because I'm nine hours away. The kids are kind of getting poisoned, like, and I everyone. In a certain way, everyone says that, like, right. well, my ex is poisoning them. So I had this situation in particular uh, where my nine-year-old son came to me crying, and like, I don't know if you ever heard of like groveling, mm. where people grovel on the ground, where they're like their arms and legs are moving. They're gro- I never had seen anyone groveling until this moment. I mean, he's crying and groveling on the ground in pain, like. Like Michael, what is wrong? He says, You killed people. Like you killed some people. I know you killed some people. I know because mom talks about it. And I want to know who you killed because I don't want you to burn in hell. Really? So why the fuck did why that come knowing from? who I killed would, would help him feel better? But this <laughs> is I mean he's nine, so we'll cut him some slack. Right. But I'm like, <clears throat> Michael, I've no <clears throat> I've never killed anyone, man. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about, much less an entire family.
0: Like, oh. What are you
1: talking about? He says, well, you murdered a family. Mm. Everyone at my house says you murdered a family.
0: Mm.
1: Well, dude, you know, you're eight, nine years old. You hear adults yeah, saying yeah, he yeah. murdered a family. that
0: shit literally. Yeah.
1: So he wanted to know what family I murdered. So I had to kind of explain to him. Like, now in hey, that,
0: that moment, do you lean in with like raw and real truth?
1: Dude, I, at that moment, I wasn't like near the father I am today. I didn't know what the fuck to do. So I just told him which family we were talking about. I was like, no, look, they're talking about our family, you and your sisters and your mom and me. And because I cheated on your mom and now we're not married anymore, I've always been really open with the kids because, yeah. hey, they're hearing it from other people anyway. Might
0: as well hear it from Might the source. Might as well
1: know that, yes, that really happened. And
0: speak your truth in it, yeah. Yeah,
1: so I was like, that's the family they're talking about. So no one's dead, but our family kind of is dead because we live in different houses. So he he got... Once he realized there was no bodies buried in the yard, and I mean, this is—I'm saying it kind of funny now because it's, you know, eight years later. But this was a traumatic.
0: Oh fuck yeah! Did you want you don't want to hear your child say, "Dad, you murdered someone," and then and then and and no, he believes it. Well, and then also too have to put the actual truth into that—that like, yeah, I kind of did murder this family in in a way. When when yeah, or then
1: you start to realize that some language is just overly dramatic, right, and hurtful to people who are too young to understand, right, and that's. So I helped him. So then in the aftermath of this event, I'm in my dad's office and I'm really beside myself. Because, you know, if you think I didn't even think about how far away the kids live, thinking about how little influence I would have on them from nine hours away before I got my shit together. Had to be overwhelming. It was, there's a lot of crying in fetal position on the end of the bed. Like, and I mean, I'm not proud of that, but it definitely happened. I'm telling my dad, hey, look, here's the problem. I live so far away. She limits my access. She won't answer the phone most days. I mean, it was, it was horrible. For a long time, it was horrible. You know, here's the deal. I don't... I'm trying. I'm doing everything I can to let them know that I love them and to teach them something in life. But I have no idea... Like if they're even hearing it, they're so overwhelmed with other messages. I just don't know. You know, I don't know how to reach them.
0: Cut through the noise.
1: Yeah. And I'm just crying. And in the middle of this, my dad, who's been my rock and support, just starts laughing.
0: He's not, just, I uh, mean, he's like belly laughing. Uh, uh, father, this is not the reaction I was going for. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm crying. I'm I like in a, shambles. I you need know. an attaboy moment here. And I'd, I'd love to say
1: I was the kind of man who'd never been in shambles in my life. But I've done, I have reps with that. I come in in shambles. He supports me. He All loves right. me.
0: Gets you back on your he's,
1: feet. He's belly laughing. And I'm like, what? What is wrong? Like, why are you laughing at me? He said, son, you lived with me my entire life. Like, you were in my house. You were just down the hall your entire childhood. He said, no, I felt the same way. Mm. He's like, you're not describing to me what it, you keep saying. I don't understand because I haven't been divorced. He says, you're not describing divorced dad. You're describing what it's like to be you a be father. A dad,
0: just like feeling like far away from your children. And, and he
1: said, but I know you're going to be okay because you, you, you care and you're trying. And in that moment, I had this like revelation, like this, this realization um, that is something that guides me in helping men to become great fathers through Warrior Week right now. It, it is that as a father, <laughs> you're often not enough. Mm. You're not. Like my son will fall on his bike and maybe he breaks his arm. Just I can't, I didn't do anything or couldn't or wouldn't, or like I wasn't enough. But so how do I know? Like, how how do I know? Am I doing everything I can? How do I know that I'm a great father? Like, fuck good dad. Like, I'm so tired of hearing people talk about he's a good dad. Yeah. He's a good man. Like, it's like, it's like gentlemen, you know, gentlemen used to be, you had like noble blood, you were a king or a queen. And then all of a sudden it meant like you, you know, you were a knight or you lived by a certain code. And then it was like, well, he owns property. So gentlemen is like, he owns property. And then it was like, well, maybe it's just a guy who has manners. And then it was like guys who put $1 bills in <laughs> semi-hooker's uh, underwear. That's hey, gentlemen's th- th- clothes. Those right?
0: are nice women. Hey, <laughs> they are.
1: They're very nice women. But I'm just saying the word gentleman's kind of taking a turn, right? And I think good dad is kind of the same way. Right. Like, it, it Maybe it used to mean something, or maybe now I'm just old enough to realize it never meant anything. But to be a great father, to actually have an impact, a lasting impact in your kids' lives, you need to show up. Yep. You need need to show up You need to connect Yep And then you need to go all in Which just means Do everything you know how to do
0: Right And not not try to like Be more Or or less than you are Just be who you are Show up Connect (laughs) And do all you can Try care and love Like that's it That's all your children want Like Nicole and I went to Some positive parenting class You know And this lady's like psychologist and PhD and all blah, 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 blah. And I thought, I thought she was going to like, give us this like crazy formula. You got to do this. You got to do that. Watch out for these years, do that. And she's like, you have to be good, like 30% of the time and your kids will be all right. Yeah. (laughs) That's it. I mean, and and I'm like, what the fuck? And she's like, yeah, if you go to like, if like 50% of the time you feel like you did the right thing, your kids are going to be amazing. You know, she's like, there is no playbook. Like you fucking show up. You connect. And, yeah, and, show and, up, and, connect,
1: and, and do everything you know how. Just go for me. That's go all in. Right. Show up, connect, go all in. What's cool, and and hopefully this will be a solace to a lot of fathers because it's happened to me, <laughs> is that you can look back at situations that you feel guilty about or a lot of shame about and say, Hey, did I show up? Yeah. Yeah. Did I did I connect? Did I did I connect? I was actually present. Yeah. Right. Okay. Did I did I go all in? Remember though, who you are today probably has more abilities, understanding, and knowledge than who you were 10 years, 10 years ago. ago yeah. Did you? Hey, look, did you act with all the light you had at the time? Did you, did you do everything you
0: knew how to at the time? If the answer's yes, that's all any father does. Move the fuck on and get rid of the guilt because that guilt and shame isn't going to serve anybody, especially your children. So I want to go back to two things. One is what did your father mean to you? My... <laughs>
1: It's hard to uh, it's hard to explain what my dad meant to me. Like he was really. Yeah, like, I mean, you don't
0: have to explain to me because I know. But like, if, no, you, if you can try it for the audience, just yeah, so they know my, the frame of reference. He always
1: here. showed up, all, even when he didn't belong. Even when he knew he was gonna fail. I mean, this is a man who like my my greatest memory of my dad is like just throwing the ball, and people are like well, what ball? Like all of them. Like we would like in football season we threw a football. Baseball season we threw a baseball. You know, he never played basketball. We'd throw a Frisbee. We'd kick a soccer ball. He never played soccer. He That wasn't his thing, but I did. Right. So he learned, and he right. was really bad at it. I'm even remembering right now. He was terrible at it, but he always showed up.
0: Like, <laughs> so he wasn't enough of a soccer player, but he was there.
1: No, but he showed up. Like he. Yeah. And then we, we didn't throw the ball for eight hours. I mean, we, 10, 15 minutes a day. You know, he was just the kind of guy who really showed up. He really cared, and he did his best. And he, he fucked up all the time. I mean, there's... He, he fucked up all the time. He, like I said, I grew up with an abusive mom, and my biggest question to my dad before my dad, after he died, was like, why didn't why? he stop it? Yeah. But you know what was my response to an abusive mom? I became a hyper achiever. My response was, I'm gonna make you love me. Like right. I'm gonna win everything. Right. Well, I just don't think he saw it. Like yeah. he saw he saw some of the abuse that happened. But look at the results in my life. Like I'm all star, everything. Right. I started college two years early. Like everything's going yeah. great. So it's like, well, how much is this really hurting him? Right. And I—that's I, the only thing I can think—is that you know, he just didn't either see it or, oh, or didn't I, want to see
0: I, it. I, uh, you know, I've, I was holding on to some things, you know, that from my childhood and my father and this and that. And I don't know. Uh, through hearing stories like yours and and Coach Jesse actually was kind of helping me. Like, did your dad did what he could, like with the toolkit he had. He's and like,
1: and my dad had an amazing toolkit. He raised me to be a leader from of a very, did. very young age. I, in ways, I didn't really Dude, notice. You,
0: you were talking about your dad from day fucking one. You want to know how you know if a guy had, had a good father? He talks about him all, all, all the time. You know, and uh, I'll never forget. We, uh, so our, our brothers were so tight. Our brotherhoods from, uh, from King 22 that we were all invited to be groomsmen. And, and one of the guys, Travis Rosser, he was a guest. I think he was our first guest, second show, um, in his wedding. And so Kevin actually like architected probably one of the most badass bachelor parties ever. And you're talking to the guy <laughs> and who... And you would
1: have brought your 12-year-old to everything but maybe 30
0: minutes of Yeah, that. yeah. And, and I was just about to go there. You're talking to like <laughs> the guy who like has planned several bachelor parties and uh, <laughs> were the, was the quintessential bachelor party. But he plans this bachelor party. And I think it was on the second day... He, Kevin takes us for lunch, and we go to this place. It starts with a D. I don't know, Dragos or. Oh, uh, Drago's, Dragos, yeah. Dragos, absolutely. We to, to have oysters, and on the menu, his family's an uh, oyster business. He's the third, uh, third uh, generation oysterman. And on the menu is oysters wasan, which was your dad's recipe. And I don't know if I've ever told you this, but like, they brought and it, to bring chills in my body. They they brought those fucking oysters down. I remember you looking at them, and like I'm getting emotional right now because you just had a moment. It was like you were there again connecting you know your father showed up you were connected and you knew that he, like he cared and like I remember you paused and you you kind of told us all like hey like this is fucking sacred to me you know and I, I felt it and I, and I was able to connect at a much deeper level with with you I mean that was a really rad moment man
1: no uh, it is like you, you 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 think about when you pass like when my dad passed he left a gigantic hole like in my life and my family's life and an entire industry's life uh, you know, in the restaurant industry in New Orleans, honored them by adding oysters was into their menus. Like the whole, all seafood restaurants did wow. this, and at the Drago's, they just kept it. They just, they've just kept it going. Uh, and it seems so trivial, like this menu, but it, it's not. Like what, what are people going to do when you go? Like
0: I, that's my, what drives me. My
1: cool. dad has like laid down the gauntlet of like, okay, I'm gone. Now it's your turn. Like, what kind of hole are you going to leave in your kids' life? Yeah. Like, I want to leave a a tremendous Tremendous hole. hole. I wanted to leave like the fucking Grand Canyon because that means that I'll build mountains of experience and mountains of tools next to it with them. Yeah, And they'll figure it out and then it'll be their turn. Like I I used to think of dad's uh, death as this like negative that I had to endure, but I don't, I really don't see it that way anymore. I I see it as, it's him like passing the torch to me. You know, in, in ancient Rome, they didn't believe you were truly a man until your father died. Like you weren't truly a man. They could call it paterfamilias. You weren't truly a man.
0: I knew you knew the saying.
1: Right. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, there's no history factory. Somebody use my history degree when I can. Nick. But, but it's, th- th- you weren't really a man until you died. Now I don't necessarily agree with that. Right. But I understand why. Cause there's like this imaginary safety net that just disappeared. And I used to think, well shit, that's dangerous. Fuck, dad's not here. Like it, now, if I mess up, there's no one to call. Right. But now I realize you are,
0: you're the guy to call.
1: Exactly.
0: Yeah, and I think that I think that hole that you're talking about—I never looked at it this way until you said it—is like a is a is a crevasse or a space. I had to use a fancy word because you use them—a a crevasse <laughs> for like the capacity that you now have. You know, like he he made that hole, that fucking dent, to be filled up with new shit inside of you as a man. So. I, So now I'm kind of trying to paint a picture here because, uh, and I hope it comes together beautifully, but if it doesn't fuck it, you guys will listen anyway. Uh, so that ice storm, right? So now you're a, now you're this dad and you're on this journey. You're on this mission to, to reconnect with your kids. Your dad said, Hey, we're the same. I was, I was down the hallway from you and I had these same fears. Was it that 19-hour ice storm where you knocked on the door and and, (laughs) and, and, and one of the kids? the
1: whole way as as we get halfway there, now total this thing ends up taking 19 hours, right? So it ends up taking me 19 hours to get there. And uh, I I literally at one gas station, uh, because we live in South Louisiana, it's very humid, enough ice had built up on the car. I had to get someone to actually help me. Yeah, open the door because the door of the car I had frozen shut. It's we
0: don't, like we back, don't have like, we don't have. Like you like, showed up in the Delorean from Back <laughs> to the Future. <laughs>
1: it was. I have this really cool picture of a of this little car. It looks like an ice ball. It was a blue car too. So the white ice it, it made this great color through it. But um, the whole time, like halfway there. I passed literally thousands of wrecks. There were there were in, if you count the wrecks that were in New Orleans, Houston, and Austin, it was over 2,000 wrecks that day. Holy shit. It doesn't, the, the roads don't freeze where we're from. It just, they just don't. Like, it shuts down the town.
0: Kind of so, like a freak thing.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, I watched 18-wheeler. I mean, just, it was crazy. I didn't see, I saw one 18-wheeler uh, smashed. Other than that, I just saw kind of the residual. Yeah. Um, but I kept getting calls from my ex-wife, like, hey, it's dangerous, just don't worry, don't come. Her father for some reason, took it on himself to text and call me to say, hey, don't come, come. it's not worth it. And, you know, the whole time, like, I mean, partly I'm probably oppositionally defiant and, like, fuck you. Yeah. But also I was like, man, I told my kids I would be there. I'm going to go. And, yeah, okay, at the point that this trip is taking 19 hours, I'm not going to see them for very long. I can't tell you how many times – I would drive 18 hours round trip to see the kids, not even 24. Like when you, when you start doing the math on a the weekend, then right. 18 hours of that is right, driving. Right, right, right. It's pretty fucked up how little time you get. And you always think, well, what, is it even worth it? Is it even worth it? And on this trip in particular, I was tired. I didn't even know if it was worth it. It's the next morning. Cause mm-hmm. I, I didn't get there to four or five in the morning. So it was like, Hey, I'll pick them up at seven. Yep. I knock on the door. Uh, there's my ex-wife's uh, dad. And he's kind of like looking down his nose at me, shaking his head. And my nine year old daughter, Hunter Eve, who now is 18 and graduated, busts through the door and says, I told them you would come. Like, I told them you would come. And man, 19 hours of driving just disappears. Like I, in that moment, I didn't for even that, remember that, that five, how hard that, that was. Five
0: seconds of connection. Oh my
1: God! How many fathers want to hear their their kids say that?
0: I knew he would come.
1: Yeah, I told
0: him you would come. Like he, the whole
1: time that I'm thinking, is this worth it? What do I do? Should I just get a hotel? Should I turn around? My daughter is telling them, "He's my dad's going to show up. Yep. My dad's going to show up." And I've consistently done that, and I've consistently should, fucked in, up. In, in that moment,
0: <laughs> you showed up. You were able to connect. And you, and you went all in, like you went all in, you like, no, (laughs) like no storm uh, in life was going to stop you. And even a literal figurative one, you know, literal one and a figurative one. So, uh, and I I thought that was a story and I, I always remember this and this is why I wanted to have Kevin on, like when I, when I was just thinking about like. The message to fathers and and you know i'm i'm a i'm still relatively new in the father game my, my child three and two so i'm still learning and you have a like a whole five yeah we got a heap of kids um so kevin and and I, I want to uh we're running a little bit short on time but I, I, you got to tell this story and, and, and it's going to put hopefully a nice little bow around this whole fucking thing uh when you were young you went to the zoo And you got to witness, you got to witness family in its most primal state, but it stuck with you, dude. And it's it's almost like, it's almost like the theme of who you are as a a, a father. There's no question. And, And I can't believe that at a young age that stuck with you and it, and it, It'll wrap this whole fucking thing up. So can, can, I, just yeah, be, can I be your no. guest again and hear that for like the 18th <laughs> time? But it, it feels like the first time.
1: I mean, I was 12 years old when this happened. 12 years old, okay. I'm 12 years old and it had such power. There's <clears> these <throat> moments in your life that have such power that I really believe they pierce all the way through you and then they color your life backwards and forwards in time. Mm. Like they just become part of who you are. Yeah. For a lot of men, Warrior Week is that. Right. Like for a lot of men, this is what Warrior Week is all about. Right. It's all about popping the bullshit bubble and right. changing. And, right. and and you need something that has enough impact that it literally changes you forward and backward in time.
0: Mm. I like that.
1: And, and and this moment for me was the same thing, but I didn't understand it at the time. Okay. But I mean, I'm at the Audubon Zoo, and we're at the gorilla uh, pen, and it's time for feeding, and they feed the gorillas. And I don't if you've ever seen it; it's really kind of cool. They they throw them vegetables. Uh, and these massive, you know, 300 pound, 400 pound gorillas, uh, like they don't even look like they're paying attention. They just boom, and then they start eating and they're catching shit. They're and just like looking look,
0: and they're looking and snack, snatching shit out of the sky. I
1: mean, it's crazy. Like it, it just they're just like catching stuff kind of behind their head, whatever. And they just munch it and munch <laughs> it. And they're just chill. Like yeah, they're just chill. There's these giant, powerful animals that are just catching cucumbers out of the air and like, OK, it's Tuesday. Like, let's eat, you know, and. <laughs> Something happened there was there was something happened because all of the uh, gorillas went you know I don't want to say ape shit because that's kind of funny, but <laughs> maybe I do yeah the, the, all the gorillas started running around. they were screaming and running around and the the big you know male uh, silverback yeah he he perked up and he looks over uh, and then he runs. And the first thing that he did is he scooped up the, I guess it's kids, I don't know what a baby yeah, girl is called, I mean. we'll say kids. Yeah. So he scoops up the, two, the kid, puts it with the, the female, runs and gets the other female, and he pushes them back into a corner of the enclosure. They had this kind of like door where they could go have some privacy. He gets them back in there, and then he stands in between the door and, and the rest of the enclosure. Uh, and you know, we're, I don't, we don't know what's going on, but you can feel the, the I mean, the, the Potension. fear, the um, the yeah. adrenaline, the, yeah. all of that is just like, you can taste it in the air and he stands there and I'll never forget this part. And then he shits and pisses himself like trembling, like just like shits himself, pisses himself. And then we see the snake. So a snake had gotten into the pen. I mean, this is South Louisiana. It's not like it broke out of the zoo. We have six, seven foot snakes. They just kind of live in South so this Louisiana. Big, this is a big snake. It's a big water moccasin. Yeah, oh, about, shit. I'd say about six they're foot. De- long. Those are deadly, right? Uh, they can be. I, I don't know. I've never heard of anybody dying from one, but yeah, they're scary. Um, and I mean, fuck, it's a six foot snake. It's, yeah, it's gonna scare you, right? right? It doesn't matter. It doesn't. You don't stop to think what kind. There's a six foot <laughs> snake coming at you, right? So this gorilla just just he squares off and he just starts pounding the ground. Like he's slapping his forearms onto the ground. He jumps forward and he's slapping his forearms. And and the concussion, like I can feel it as I talk about, like each time he slaps the ground, it's like it's hitting me. And I'm like 40, 50 yards away. Like I'm a long ways away. I'm out of the enclosure up, you know, 12 feet. And the power of this is just hitting me and hitting me. And eventually this gorilla gets right onto the snake and pounds it and kills it. Like it throws it way up in the air hounds it again and again and again, and then he looks up at all of us, and now I'm making eye contact with this primal animal, and he just like, ah! like, fuck anyone. Like, I will protect my family. Like, fuck you. Like, you will not take what's mine. I will die protecting what's mine. And it was, it was just such a, it was, there was so much primal power, and this animal just stood its ground. And then it was over. I was twelve. I, you know, I probably laughed about it, and I went on. And I, I didn't truly understand what I had seen. Yeah, I just thought, wow, that's some crazy shit. Gorillas are are tough, right? But like later, I realized, like, I saw the awakening of a father. Mm. Like in that moment, this big, powerful lunk who you know ate cucumbers out of the air. Protected his fucking family went to fucking war and this is who I became it, it yeah. really defined my entire that's who, life. That's
0: who you are baby. That's what
1: I am. Yeah. I'm a big and I've got big long arms like a gorilla and everything dude, but no,
0: and he's six fucking four 300 pounds. He's a massive man <clears throat> And one of the my proudest moments is Kevin's friend and, and brother was he told this this story And he told this on stage at warrior con uh, 2 and it's when he accepted his ring as a as a certified trainer and, there, there, one, there wasn't a fucking dry eye in the house, including Kevin's. Uh, and then there wasn't a closed mouth because of the power that, and the message that he was able to, to deliver. But, it, like, that story... When I when you, like when I see you, I see that that story, and I see that's you as your father. I see that fucking ice storm as the as the snake, and 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 the door opening, and that was your primal moment. You might have not pounded on your chest and scream, but on the <laughs> no. but because that freaked the fuck out of your daughter. Uh, but like that that was your that was your moment. You know that was your moment, and you've had several since then. And now now that's what you're doing for other fathers.
1: Well, and look at look at. Let me tell you about a different moment that I didn't talk about then. With my 18 year old, as she's graduating high school, I had her out here in uh, Laguna Beach and we go out to Thai food, pretty normal, mundane. We're just here in California. We go out to Thai food and she gets kind of teary eyed. Like she kind of pauses just in the middle of a conversation. And she says, you know, thanks for doing, thanks for getting divorced. I don't really know who I would be if it wasn't for the divorce with you and mom. And I I can't support the divorce because I think divorce is a bad thing, but I'm really happy that our family is exactly the way it is.
0: Mm. Wow. Now you go
1: back from that moment to a nine-year-old, you murdered someone. Right. And you start to realize that like, man, parenting is a long game. Yeah. It's a long game. They're not going to get it until they get older, but you have to get it. And you have to find somewhere inside of yourself to hold on to the truth that you know is the truth. Yeah. And again, this is where we come back to Warrior Week. Like I, I don't think I think there there are plenty of great fathers out there who are playing the role of good dad. The expectation is so fucking low, in society and of them from themselves. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm a good dad. I pay for shit and I kind of show up to stuff, but it's it's not enough. Right. It's not like it's not, it's time to hold ourselves to a higher standard.
0: And and now Kevin um, has been in this game for three years. He's been a, uh, one of the first certified trainers to come through the game. And now he's one of the lead trainers for for Warrior Week. Um, and you are very much that that primal gorilla in the cage awakening fucking fathers with that, with that scream. And you have to go into their life and you have to pound on the ground and you have to shake the fucking shit out of them so that these dads wake up. And so they don't end up fucking their kids up multiple, multiple generations down the road. So if there's a father right now, that's listening and this is resonating with you. Like that's for a fucking reason. That means that something is missing in your life. And it could be that you were listening to this podcast and you're listening to Kevin's voice and Kevin's message, not my fucking words. I just happen to be sitting back and getting entertained and educated from this man, this great fucking father. Like If, if it, this is resonating or you're a wife and this sounds like your husband, there's help. There is help and you are not alone. Where can men like find you and find this, yeah, this movement? I mean,
1: it's just wakeupwarrior.com warriorbook.com wake up warrior just just look up wake up warrior there's plenty of stuff on there the, the, the thing is like if you encapsulate who i am you know what's my title i'm the head coach of 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 kingdom and, and the warrior movement right which just means i coach dudes right like i just coach people Wh- who am i really i'm light in the night and i wake the sleeping giants like my job is to go find powerful fucking men who have their eyes closed and say man wake the fuck up like just wait I don't have to do anything else. They do the once their eyes are open, they do the work. But, <laughs> but so yeah. many of us go through life and we're like we're like fucking elite at walking around with our eyes closed. So right. we think we got it all figured out. Yep,
0: and and so Kevin is is a, a fabulous technician on waking people up. But he's not giving himself enough credit because he's an amazing coach and a mentor and a guide. And I learn from him every single day. I actually had the privilege of of shadowing him uh, Warrior Week forty five. Um, I, I think I was there for warrior week 42. And so I've seen this man who was uh, struggling to do a fucking plank for four minutes. Now, like, I don't know how long he can plank for, but that's not the (laughs) important part. The important part is, is that a man who came in and, and was quote unquote lost is now like he can say, what are you?
1: Yeah, I'm light in the night. I wake the sleeping giants.
0: And he says it so matter-of-factly because that's who he is. And now he's guiding these men from the fucking night into the light. And he's awakening the giant within. And it's it's only fitting because he's a giant himself. But he's a giant in his family. He's a giant in this movement. And so, if you are a man, or you're a woman, and you're you're this sounds like you're a man. Don't hesitate. Go to wakeupwarrior.com. It has changed everything about my fucking life. You wouldn't be listening to me right now if it wasn't for this movie. It's changed everything about Kevin's life. And, Kevin, dude, I appreciate you being here, man. This is... Uh, you
1: know, it's crazy. I'm going to take a little... I know you're out of time, but I want to take a take second. It, I remember our first way. pod call. So one of the things about me, <clears> the reason I can tell stories, is I have this retarded memory. Like, I have size, this memory.
0: The Size of a gorilla and the memory of an elephant.
1: Yeah, like, I remember things. Like, I remember everything. But here, here's the thing, like our first pod call, first pod call, one of the things I said to you was, man, like you got this drinking problem. I don't think you're an alcoholic, but there's like you got some shit to figure out with this drinking." And one of the things you said to me is, like, when are you going to see your own value and learn how to shine? And it is like it is an honor for me. Like, sorry, podcast listeners, this moment is not for you. It's for me and Nick. It is an honor to sit across from a man who has that shit figured out as the man who has that other shit figured out. Right. Like we have truly become men who were not possible to us three years ago. That I could not have imagined the man who lives in Laguna Beach moved from Homa, louisiana look that shit up on google I, I don't know that there's a bigger step up in life
0: <laughs> no that i mean that's actually like a quantum fucking leap from homo louisiana but
1: it comes directly from the association that we had and directly from the fact that we held one another accountable to the yeah. highest standard which is the truth
0: and to the things that we said we were ultimately going to do and i was like when are you gonna fucking rise yeah. When are you going to fucking rise? And this man has risen to heights that... It's so funny, dude, because I, like you walked away, from, but I, I got you food before we came on this podcast out of our hotel room here. Uh, and you walked away, and I was like, dude, uh, and there's another brother in the room witnessing this. I said, is he not so fucking happy? Like, um, And I go, because he's exactly where he's always been meant for. And so it's, it's equally an, an, an honor, dude. And so... I just want you to to run down the list of your your queen and your kids' names so everybody knows and they can put some texture to it.
1: My uh, completely alpha wife, Whitney, uh, who often we fight and we don't even remember what we're fighting about. (laughs) We're just going to fucking win, both of us. (laughs) Uh, she's a crossfit goddess and really the 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 love of my life like a joy to be married to Whitney so Whitney uh, is my wife hunter eve is my 18 year old daughter who just graduated high school is going to uh, brigham young university awesome michael is my 15 year old giant he's already taller than me
0: that's impossible his
1: shoe size and his age have been the same since he was 7 <laughs> He, he recently asked me, Dad, I'm ready to stop growing. How do you do that? I said, I have no idea. Oh, yeah. And unfortunately, you're not stopping anytime soon. Uh, I have a 13-year-old, Isabella. Now, Isabella is Whitney's from a previous marriage, so we're a totally blended family. I love it. Uh, my father famously said of Isabella, I know she has none of your DNA, but she's the one you deserve because she's the most like you, and she is. That's and I, funny. I love Isabella because she reminds me of exactly who I am. Uh, Elle, who's 11 years old, uh, she's the artist, she plays the violin, uh, she does all sorts of plays and things like that. And then we have Liam. Uh, Liam, who right now uh, refuses to go by any other name but Deadpool, <laughs> <laughs> which is ironic. I love that kid. For everyone, my wife wants me to say what I'm about to say. <laughs> We've never showed him Deadpool. <laughs> I uh, had a vi- YouTube video of the first like 30 seconds of the Deadpool movie where he jumps and does all these tricks. And I was like, oh, Liam, look at this. And then that was it. He was Deadpool, and like thirty. So the reason the clip only went thirty seconds is like this is probably a really bad idea <laughs> for like, three. I remember how this ends, so I stopped <laughs> it. But uh, he he literally will refuse to be called. We we got to airport security on the way he, on the way here because we flew out together, uh, and they, the only thing they do the only ID check for kids is what's your name or how old are you. And the guy said, Liam, how old are you? I'm Deadpool. <laughs> <laughs> Are you like, three? I'm Deadpool. He's like,
0: okay, you're, you're good. Go, 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 go through, go through. Well, Kevin is, is is has leveled up his life in a massive, massive way, living this this movement, living these 90 day challenges. I, I don't even know how many 90 day challenges he's done to this point, but he smashes them all. Uh, I can't wait to see you in the next 90 because I know you're going to be even more massive, not in stature, but just in in growth as as a man, as a father. And so for all the fathers out there. Like, listen to this man, like he's giving you wisdom and knowledge, and if you don't want to listen to him, come to Warrior Week, go to WarriorWeek.com, and you'll be forced to listen to him, and he will he will awaken the giant within, and and so, Kevin, I appreciate you, man. Hey, As usual, you. people, if you want to know how to figure out where you are, where you want to go, and what's standing in the way, head over to OwnTheNext90.com, download that gap map, get to freaking work on yourself. And be that gorilla in the cage that refuses to let the serpent into your life and smashes anything that comes into your world that harms your legacy. Because that, at the end of the day, my friends, is what it's all about.
1: That's right. Fuck the, fuck the cage. Let the gorilla out.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, dude, my, that was a nice moment, too. I love you, man. Thank you. And until next time, everybody, own the next 90. We're out. If you're interested in leveling up your life, and you want to know how to get started, head over to OwnTheNext90.com. That's OwnTheNext90.com and download the Gap Map. The Gap Map will help you figure out where you are, where you want to go, and what's standing in the way. Get started today by heading over to OwnTheNext90.com. Go out there and own it, people. See you on the next episode.